is that big picture, we can get together with people from every faith background, every political background, every point of the compass around the idea that religious freedom should be for everyone, everywhere, all the time. Hello, and welcome to the USERF Spotlight Podcast, a podcast series by the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, where we take a deep dive into religious freedom conditions around the world, breaking the situation down for you. Each episode, we focus on a different country, region, or topic. Not only do we analyze and explain the religious freedom situation to our listeners, but we also make policy recommendations to the United States government in order to address the immense challenges we bring to light here. Welcome to USERF Spotlight. I'm Elizabeth Cassidy, Director of Research and Policy at the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. Today, we're going to preview the 2023 International Religious Freedom Summit taking place in Washington, D.C. from January 31st to February 1st. For those unaware, the Earth Summit is an annual civil society conference that seeks to create a coalition of organizations to work together to advance international religious freedom, raise public awareness about Earth issues, and increase the political strength of the Earth movement. To provide insight for us today, we have the executive director of the Earth Summit, Peter Burns. He has been in this role since 2021 when he oversaw the first Earth Summit. Peter previously served as special assistant to the former ambassador at large for international religious freedom, Sam Brownback at the US State Department. Thank you so much for being here today, Peter, and welcome to USERF Spotlight. Thank you, Elizabeth. Really happy to be here and chat with you all. We're, we're just thrilled uh, for what we have coming in 2023. Great, thank you so much. So you organized the Earth Summits held in 2021 and 2022. Can you share with our listeners about the genesis of the summit and the vision behind it? What were some of the key outcomes from the past two years gatherings? Yeah, that's an excellent question. Uh, the summit is a vision that came from Ambassador Brownback and a few other uh, key players within the international religious freedom movement uh, during uh, his time as ambassador and with it through the state department, he was part of launching something called the uh, uh, Ministerial to Advance International Religious Freedom. Uh, and these were events that brought foreign ministers from around the world. There were two of them held in Washington. Uh, the second one was the largest human rights event uh, ever held at the State Department. So these were just really wonderful gatherings uh, that created a huge amount of momentum and energy um, and excitement and really elevated the profile of international religious freedom within the DC policy space. Something that I think anyone working in the space uh, felt keenly was that it often was an issue that didn't get the attention it deserved. Uh, it often uh, was uh, pushed to the margins by bigger interests. Um, and uh, we, we were looking for, he was really looking for a way to elevate it. And then that, that, those gatherings did so. Uh, they followed on by launching, uh, through working with a, a host of sort of international uh, partners. They, they, they launched a, a group called the International Religious Freedom or Belief Alliance. Uh, that now hosts the ministerial. They hosted one in London last summer. So, so that that really that took that effort took on a life of its own and has just continued uh, in a really incredible and powerful way. When he left the State Department, the ambassador uh, and others uh, wanted to create something similar, almost a parallel 
uh, activity for civil society. That's a government-led initiative. And he, and he realized there was such energy in the civil society space around these issues, the groups that care about these issues and work day in, day out to represent their communities, especially here in Washington, D.C., that he wanted to create a, a sort of a similar platform to really elevate uh, those organizations and their, their messages. And that's where the idea for the Earth Summit uh, came from back in 2021. We, we uh, it was really, you know, we put it together uh, over just a couple months the first time. So it was sometimes, you know, we were kind of building something and we didn't know what it was going to be. Um, but we wanted, uh, the vision was we wanted a collaborative brand, essentially. So the Earth Summit is this sort of this, this platform that uh, is a civil society led gathering. So our civil society partners come in. And, you know, I think sometimes with a conference, people imagine sort of partners or sponsors as, as just sort of uh, passive donors. But that is not the case with the Earth Summit. Our, our partners come in and they are involved in planning the program. They have input into the schedule, the speakers. Uh, they have input into the content of the breakout tracks. And so it's just it's been this really beautiful and incredible collaboration where a lot of the groups coming who are, you know, we, we've had over 70 groups partner with us uh, both for the first two summits. And, and these a lot of these groups are not groups that would be able to put on, have the resources to put on a major gathering like this. But because they collaborate together to the Earth Summit, they're able to share a, a big stage uh, in an important uh, market here in Washington, D.C. and really draw attention. So um, you, know, you, you talked about sort of what were the key sort of outcomes uh, of the first two years. We are really pleased. Uh, the the main goal uh, it was that elevation of the issue, the the creation of sort of a space for this issue uh, on a big stage in Washington D.C. And you know we were we were we we're pleased to see that that was successful. Um, we were able to platform a, a host of religious minority survivors and champions, uh, people who who had themselves faced. Uh, persecution uh, and restriction to their uh, freedom of conscience and their religious freedom around the world. Um, so those are always powerful moments when we put those people on stage. We've been able to bring in and get uh, get uh, people on the record from from government, both U.S. government and foreign governments. Um, and we've also uh, we've also been able to really just sort of attract a significant amount of media attention to the summit. So that's also been something we've really been pleased by. Uh, you know, we, we had a really a, a good response the first year. And then the second year, we just had an, a huge increase in media coverage. And it's not coverage of the summit. It's it's media coming in and covering earth issues. So, you know, they'll, they, they, these, these uh, press show up. I think we had uh, uh, a huge press corps at the last conference. I'm trying to remember the exact number off the top of my head, but um, we had a huge press corps. And they, uh, they, it was uh, around 90 uh, press interviews uh, were done of different uh, speakers and uh, participants. And what ended up happening was though their messages then got out into the media, got out into reports, into op-eds, into publications. Um, I think there were 95 different uh, unique uh, publications that were put out on the Earth Summit in 2022. So we just, we really were thrilled to see this sort of amplification um, another thing that's part of the vision that we think has been just really uh, a success is keeping making this a bipartisan issue. You know, if we're trying to promote religious pluralism uh, internationally, we have to do it pluralistically at home, right? We have to do it in a bipartisan way that brings together everyone. It's the most effective way to do it. And we've been able to do that through bipartisan co-chairs 
both uh, the chairs of the summit as well as congressional co-chairs, um, and then just a bipartisan coalition. One of the, and I'll maybe stop here, one of the really sort of fun memories uh, that I have of the first summit was that uh, um, sort of as a special surprise, uh, the Biden administration uh, announced their new appointment to ambassador, uh, now ambassador at large international religious freedom, Rashad Hussein. Uh, they announced his appointment at the Earth, first Earth Summit, which was an exciting sort of breaking news. And then a year later, he was able to come as that ambassador, having filled, you know, taken over that role and address the summit. So, you know, there's, there's it's just been really neat to see those sort of those trends and those things occur and uh, just see the increased collaboration uh, throughout the Earth movement because of this. So um, we're, we're, we're thrilled. We think the, the vision has taken off and people have just really taken it and run with it and made it something better than we could have imagined. Great, thank you. That was a really helpful um, overview of of the past uh, of the past two years. So, building off um, what what you were just talking about, can you tell us more about the upcoming 2023 Earth Summit, which is um, being held in just a couple months, coinciding with the National Prayer Breakfast? What can participants expect this time around in terms of the themes and focus, and who will be some of the keynote speakers? We're really excited that we're, we're having this opportunity to, to as you said, uh, sort of co coincide with this historic uh, gathering, the National Prayer Breakfast. I think they're on their seventy uh, or seventy-first year now. Um, it's it's you know goes back. I think every president since Eisenhower has been at the National Prayer Breakfast. It just an incredible legacy. Um, draws a, a phenomenal uh, international and domestic audience, um, and and they were and they were eager uh, and and willing. Uh, to allow us to have this coinciding event uh, in the same space. So it's it's really just, we're, we're thrilled and grateful for that. And we think this will increase the amplify or increase the uh, the reach of the international religious freedom message. Uh, and so we're, we're pleased by that. And we think it's a real opportunity for um, our participants uh, as well as their participants uh, to engage, connect, uh, and uh, just, just take advantage of that, of that sort of collaboration. Um, you asked about uh, what sort of themes people would expect. Um, the theme of the slogan of the Earth Summit from, from the very beginning has been uh, religious freedom for everyone, everywhere, all the time. And that, and that remains sort of that, the principle that we're operating on. That's sort of the, that's the slogan. But one thing we're doing a little differently this year is we're having four breakout tracks that are thematic. And we're really excited about these. Uh, one is going to be around the topic of defending uh, international religious freedom. Uh, one is gonna be around the topic of documenting international religious freedom. One is gonna be around the topic of developing international religious freedom. And the last is gonna be around the topic of denying international religious freedom or sort of dealing with the negative situations. Um, so obviously, you know, we've got the, the four Ds there, but uh, the, uh, it should have just breaking those down a little bit um, under the defending, we're gonna really be looking at sort of uh, legal issues, policy, um, sort of justice and accountability, uh, and sort of really digging into uh, what can be done in those areas from that, those sort of those uh, structural perspectives um, around documenting, really looking at sort of uh, how we uh, collect evidence from, you know, mass atrocities and genocide, uh, how we, uh, you know, use works with journalism and uh, the freedom of the press and reporting different reports, you know, are coming out from a ton of organizations to so sort of trying to amplify those. Um, 
underdeveloping. We're really we're really looking at those advocacy efforts uh, and, and country level achievements, sort of what is being done on the ground through advocacy, through work with governments um, to really sort of, uh, you know, push uh, pluralism and push this this sort of th these issues forward, uh, not just to talk about them in D.C., but actually sort of advance them uh, in the field. And, and then and then under the denying category, that's where we're really going to sort of dig into uh, you know, survivors and victims of persecution, their stories, their experiences, and really unpack, you know, some, some cases of religious prisoners of conscience and highlight them and see how can we, how can we do more to try and uh, put pressure on uh, the places that they are being held uh, to release them. So we're excited for those themes. We think it's, we think it's going to be a, uh, a really sort of uh, holistic look at international religious freedom uh, and, then I think the 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 last thing that you I wanted to catch everything you said you said uh, sort of what else could people expect um, is for oh sorry keynote speakers was the one it was the thing I hadn't mentioned yet um, I, I don't want I don't want to announce any keynote speakers yet we haven't we'll be, there will be press releases and so forth coming out we have we're in uh, we're talking to a number of really uh, key high profile people in this space who I think uh, will be exciting to hear from. And more than that, we're really thinking about, you know, who, whose voice can meaningfully advance this issue, whose voice added to this stage can really sort of powerfully and meaningfully um, move the ball. And so uh, I think you're going to be excited when you see some of those names uh, being released in the next few weeks. Thanks so much for that overview of 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 the themes that that all sounds um, really interesting and very much overlapping with a lot of what USURF does. And we'll just all have to stay in a little bit more uh, suspense to hear about the keynote speakers. So we'll look forward to uh, to that. So last time in 2022, the summit featured a civil society Congress to develop innovative ideas to stem religious persecution. Will there be any new features of the summit like that this time around? And just in general, what kind of opportunities exist for civil society organizations and individuals to participate in the summit this year? Yeah, that, that's a that's a wonderful question. I'm glad you mentioned the Civil Society Congress last year. That was our our you know we, that was the first time we'd done that, and we were really pleased. Uh, we wanted some element of the summit uh, to give the chance to civil society for civil society organizations to sort of speak with each other and a broader audience about what they were doing. Um, what was effective, uh, and really just could give every organization that wanted to come in and share sort of best practices, their ideas, what's on their, what sort of what's on their agenda, what what are the, what's top priority for them, give them a chance to get up and do that, uh, and and so we were pleased by that and the response, and we we really think that was a valuable addition. Uh, sadly, we don't have the we don't have the, the the time and space this year to do that. Hopefully, that's a that's a feature that you'll see bubble back up in the future. Um, we don't have the chance. We're not going to have the opportunity to do that again this year. Uh, really, really, the the, the shift uh, moving this into uh, sort of uh, coinciding with the National Prayer Breakfast uh, has limited us a little bit on some of the different uh, elements that we were able to bring last year. Um, so that's that's really the that is really actually the big sort of innovation this year is this opportunity to have it uh, co-located and sort of uh, strategically uh, aligned. Uh, with the timing of the National Prayer Breakfast, uh, the, the there will be a you know a host of ways for civil society to be involved, as there always are. As I said, you know the, the kind of the whole vision is that this is a civil society led event. We're not a, a you know I we as the Earth Summit are, are really just a brand, 
um, and we're we are the sort of the uh, trying to just sort of uh, organize this platform uh, and let civil society organizations come and use the platform to amplify their messages. Uh, so, uh, you know, as always, uh, you'll see a lot of civil society organizations will be partnering with us formally. And, you know, you can uh, you can go on our website, you'll see a few of those organizations logos up many more to come. Um, you know, all of our partners will eventually be listed there. Uh, in the last two years, we both years, we've had over 70 uh, civil society partners come in and, and work with us to to, do, to put on this conference. Um, so, you know, if there's a, if, there, if you're an organization listening to this, you know, please reach out to us, reach out through through the website, uh, irfsummit.org. And we're thrilled to, to consult with you and see how best uh, to serve you uh, with this with this opportunity. Uh, if you're just an individual interested in the issue, uh, we also want you there. We we think we think this is really the, the, the most important thing that happens at a conference like this are the relationships that are developed, are the interactions in the hallways, and that you know at the receptions, uh, you know, sort of as people do pull aside meetings, though that's where you really get real work done, real energy, new ideas are sparked. Um, so, you know, we, we have all the content, we have all the, the there's gonna be a huge amount to learn, huge amount to listen to, um, but we want people to take advantage of the chance to interact and build relationships and make new friends and reconnect with old friends and old colleagues that they've worked with. So we see that as a, as a powerful part of this. So if you're someone interested in this space, come, meet people, interact, engage, uh, and you can register through our website. Registration is open, and we, we would love to have you there. Thank you. That personal interaction is really such an important part of these uh, events, as, as, as we've all especially seen as they start back up in, 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 in person after a couple of years of, uh, of, mostly, of mostly virtual. Um, going back to something you touched on in, a, in an earlier answer, um, as you noted, an important part of the Earth Summit is bringing together a broad coalition of NGOs and religious groups. How do you work to ensure that the conference continues to be supported by participants from across the political spectrum and also from a wide range of religious and belief communities, including those who aren't religious? Elizabeth, this is probably the most important question uh, and something we think about uh, I would say weekly, if not daily, uh, because this is critical to the success of the movement writ large. Um, we we know that that there is uh, a temptation in political circles and in policy debates to break down and uh, and pick up teams and sort of fight things out and fight over our disagreements. And there's and there are you know different there are different disagreements uh, within this space. Uh, but what we also know is that big picture, uh, we can get together with people from every faith background, every political background, every point of the compass around the idea that uh, religious freedom should be for everyone, everywhere, all the time. And, and so what we do is we try and stay narrow. We start, we, we, we keep a, uh, you know, a pinpoint focus. That's our goal. That's what we all support. We can all stand together around this principle. And we actually put together a, a charter and that's on our website. Some people can go look at that. They can see sort of what, how those values are teased out a little bit, but it's, it's a, it's very simple. It's not a long document. It's very simple. It's a simple statement about sort of what we value and, and what brings us together. And we, we void, we really, we're really uh, strategic and, 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 rigorous and sort of trying to avoid things that that might pull up our coalition apart. 
Uh, and then we also, beyond that, we also have to go out constantly and recruit and we have to look and say, what, what, who is not represented well enough in our coalition? And then we go to partners, uh, we go to uh, NGOs, uh, specific uh, key individuals, and we say, you know, can you help us bring in uh, those groups that aren't well represented, whether it be on the left or on the right, or a specific religious community that we just haven't had as much engagement from as we would like? Because you're absolutely correct, this, is, this movement is so much more powerful uh, when it stands together, when you have solidarity, uh, no matter the religion, uh, no matter the political perspective. Uh, we and we and we and what you've seen is incredible wins um, for the Earth Movement because of that, because of bipartisan collaboration in Congress passing really significant pieces of legislation, um, not only around the creation of the Earth Office and USERF, uh, which were historic, but also more recently around response to genocide of Yazidis and Christians in Iraq and Syria, um, committed by ISIS, and, and and also in response to the ongoing genocide uh, being committed against uh, Uyghur Muslims in China. So, I mean, these these are you know th these are things that would never happen uh, if this issue became divisive. If this issue became sort of a, a point of contention. So, so we we this is as you, you know I'm glad you asked, and this is this is something that is uh, top of mind and front and center for us. And, and one way we do that is. Uh, we try and do that visually as we have a bipartisan co-chair. We have Sam Brownback, former uh, Republican appointee to International Religious Freedom Ambassador at Large uh, State Department. And we have Katrina Lantis-Sweat, um, uh, you know, the, the daughter of uh, a very, very famous uh, uh, member of Congress uh, and uh, who was a you know, lead human rights uh, advocate uh, in the Democratic Party. Um, the only actual survivor of the Holocaust to serve in Congress. And then she herself, a, a brilliant scholar in her own right, and also a, a former chair of the USERF Commission, uh, appointed by a Democrat. So, uh, you know, these just really sort of both really, you know, strong representatives of, of each perspective, but working beautifully together. And then we bring in bipartisan co-chairs from the House and Senate uh, to speak and, and and show that this is not, you know, this is not just lip service. This is this is action uh, and and a real collaboration between both political parties. Thank you. So important to um, keep this as a as a bipartisan uh, and and widely supported issue. Um, obviously, the summit takes a, a lot of resources to to pull off each year. And you you as you mentioned, you hope to receive attention and engagement from the media, the administration, and Congress. How does the Earth Summit hope to influence uh, U.S. Earth policy going forward? Are there particular areas of U.S. policy um, that that you'd like to see movement on out of this year's summit? Yeah, there definitely are, Elizabeth. Uh, and uh, we've we've been one way that we've really put pressure uh, and and raised awareness in the last few years is through a congressional advocacy day, um, and that has been organized by Earth Summit Partners. They've done a brilliant job. I commend their work. They've had hundreds of meetings with members of Congress um, and their staff, and brought in. Uh, beautiful solidarity events on Capitol Hill to really raise awareness and draw attention uh, to these issues. They've helped coordinate congressional hearings from different uh, uh, specific committees and uh, different um, uh, congressional um, uh, groups like the uh, Lantos Human Rights uh, Commission and other groups. So they're 
there really is uh, just a, you know, an, a real effort to focus on shifting and advancing policy. Um, as far as which the specific policies, these are these are that we don't we do not set a, a limited policy agenda for the Earth Summit. What we look at is uh, we ask our partner groups, these groups that are coming in the civil society, we say, bring forward your messages, bring forward your concerns, bring forward your ideas and put them forward through the speakers, put them forward through your, you know, the people you have in your breakouts, put them forward uh, through, you know, the information at your booth, through the messaging that you do on social media, throughout everything that you do, sort of, you know, use this platform. Uh, so it's not, it's not, it's not actually our role to sort of say we're picking and choosing which policies will be highlighted. As I said, we kind of have those thematic areas with the different tracks that we're going to touch on. But those we've tried to keep those really broad and high level to create space for sort of every sort of issue that might come along. Every group really faces something different. There's they there is, you know, harmony across the different uh, communities who face persecution because all over the world there are similarities in how it's done and uh, how uh, restrictions are in place and um, how people are persecuted and, and human rights are violated and freedom of conscience is violated. So, so there's certainly commonalities that we see and common uh, potential policies. But then for every community, there's, there's really a lot of specificity and unique cases that have to be addressed. So we don't, we don't set, we don't set up a, a, a sort of limited set of policies. We say, to our partners, bring forward your issues, bring forward your concerns, get them in the spotlight, take advantage of the platform, um, and and you know really just advance the message overall. And and as I said at the beginning, you know we, we're just we're, we're really encouraged by the media response, um, by the administration's response. We've been encouraged by their engagement. Uh, their willingness to, to participate, be present, have people present. We've just seen really wonderful uh, interactions with State Department and, and the White House, um, as well as, of course, uh, colleagues in Congress. Congress also always has a has a, a cohort of champions for international religious freedom, members that just go out of their way uh, to really be a part of making this, uh, this issue uh, a, a part of the legislative agenda. Which is, uh, which is a you know a fraught thing to do. There's there's a lot of a lot of things demand trying trying to grab the attention of, of Congress. There are a lot of things trying to demand time and members of Congress. So so it's not it's not easy. Uh, it takes dedication and and a lot of attention. Uh, but there are certainly members who really, as I said, go out of their way to do that. And uh, we try and we try and bring them in as our congressional co-chairs to to highlight their work and give them the platform uh, to share what they're doing. Thank you. For our listeners who might be interested in participating in the summit this year and haven't registered yet, or who might want to learn more, how can people get involved and find out more about the event? And do they do people need to be in Washington, D.C. to participate, or will there be a virtual option? Great question. Uh, we will have a virtual way to watch the summit, so you'll be able to, you know, get on the website and see the live stream. Uh, not every element of the summit will be available through that virtual process, so or through virtual means. So uh, we 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 do encourage people if they if they can make it to Washington D.C. if they can be here. Uh, the, the, the power of the event is in those relationships and those opportunities to interact with other people. So please, you know, if if you're interested, please consider coming. We think it's going to be worth your while. Uh, the people can go to the Earth Summit website, it's irfsummit.org, and uh, and take a chance to register. Uh, there's you know different different things you can register for, different levels and packets and things to get kind of get you the best deal uh, for what you're interested in. So please take a look at that, and 
you know, as I said, uh, this is uh, this movement is is what we're trying to sort of do is build this sort of this this U.S. grassroots movement around Earth uh, and through the civil society organizations that we work with and. And so far, it's been a, a big success. We expect that this next year is going to really take it to another level. Uh, we think we think there's an opportunity to to share a, sort of a space and and a, and, a, and be proximate to the National Prayer Breakfast is really going to help us take this movement to another step. Uh, and uh, so we're excited. We're very excited, and it's not far away. If you if you're interested, you know, we're it's coming right up January 31st, February 1st, 2023. So check your calendar uh, and jump on the Earth site and, and grab Earth Summit website and, and grab a registration. And we'll be excited to meet with you and, uh, and enjoy being with you in DC. We'll have to leave it there for today. I wanna thank Peter Burns so much for joining us today to give us this great overview of the Earth Summit, which as he mentioned, starts on January 1st, 2023. To learn more about the summit, please visit their website at www.earthsummit.org. As always, thanks very much for joining us today and we'll see you next time on USURF Spotlight.